Welcome to the Wild Teal Podcast. For more information on online courses like Yoga for Busy People and workshops and retreats, visit www.wildteal.com. And for information on Teal's alchemical stone and plant medicine elixirs, visit www.obsidianbutterflyelixirs.com. Greetings, my beauties, and welcome to Episode 3 of the Wild Teal Podcast, broadcasting to you from Riversong Mountain Sanctuary in the beautiful wild mountains of Appalachia. And today as I sit here, there is so much birdsong, I don't know if the microphone will pick it up, but it's just beautiful. I want to take a few moments to describe to you what I'm seeing and hearing the birds have been singing since so early, since 4 o'clock, maybe 3.30 in the morning. And this year, I told you everything is so lush, even more lush than normal. And there's so many pollinators, so many butterflies and bees. And they are just dancing around and going from bud to bud. Um, I was watching the bumblebees go deep down inside the the petals of our Ragosa rose, which has really bloomed so beautifully this year. And the little ants are now walking around on the peonies. And I just learned the other day that um, one of my neighbors told me that the peonies are opened up by the ants. And I, I, I learned that it's not exactly what happens, but they, they assist by um, protecting the peonies while they're opening so that other things don't come and eat and chew up their leaves and, and do that kind of thing. And they, they drink the sweet sort of nectar covering that's over the peonies. So there's this symbiosis going on between them that's really beautiful. And my voice may sound a little hoarse, and if that's true, it's because also I can see that there's so much pollen <laughs> floating around. And I like this time of year because between the floating pollen and the pollinators, and then all these very tiny, little, beautiful, I, I believe they're fairies, these little tiny creatures, winged creatures that are flying. Maybe somebody says that they're gnats or something, um, or other things, but I think they're fairies, tiny little fairies. This is a forest definitely inhabited by fairies, so between all those things flowing around, um, it's made my voice a little bit hoarse. But that's okay. I'm drinking my pot of tea, and this would be a good time again to get a pot of tea for yourself if that feels good to you. It's nice to sip tea or to drink something when we're talking like this. So today what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about is pruning your wild. And maybe that comes as a surprise already that I'm talking about pruning. Only three episodes in, I've been telling you to trust your wild and expand your wild, and that wild is by definition something that is unencumbered and uncultivated and not restrained and held back. And so pruning is a way of doing that, right? It's a cultivation. It's a way of, of cutting out certain things and shaping things in a certain way. And we've also talked about shaping and the kind of shaping that society, the overculture, um, does to us sometimes, pushing us into a shape that is not only unnatural and so different from our natural formation, but maybe really not very good for us. 
possibly even very detrimental. And so when I talk about pruning your wild, I want to talk about it in the context of what we do here on the farm. And I also told you that we really like this farm to be wild. And she told me that from the beginning. And and we try to support that and honor what she really wants. But also sometimes we recognize, I see, oh, you know, over here, this is very, you know, this tree has got so many limbs, it's getting so tight. Um, there's not a lot of air going through, the sun can't get in. And so, you know, I'll go to that tree and talk to it and say, you know, sister, what do you think about opening this up a little bit? Would that feel good to you? And that may sound kind of funny talking to trees, or maybe you're the kind of person that talks to trees all the time. But I spend a lot of time talking to trees, and when I do that, I put my hands on them. Sometimes I lean my forehead against them, that third eye, you know, the seat of intuition, make that connection. And I just listen for a while and feel for a while. And sometimes I get a message that, no, that's okay. Thank you for for being concerned about me, but that's not what I need. I have a different path right now. The way that I'm growing is just fine for me. And sometimes I get that clear message that, yes, that would be nice. I would like a little bit more sunlight. I would like a little more wind into the center of my, you know, my big center trunk. And so then we do that very carefully with a sharp blade. We, you know, just cut little piece by little piece. And I always stand back, again, listening to the tree and looking very carefully to see what pieces, the minimum amount of pieces that could come off off the tree to, to give it the most benefit. And then when I do that, you know, I, I, I then go back and, and watch the tree over the days to come and see if it's thriving. And, and really, every time, every time so far, knock wood, um, the tree has done so much better. So sometimes that little bit of cutting out the non-essential things um, can be really, really good for a tree and it can be really, really good for us. It can kind of clean up something that is constricting, something that is uh, not letting in enough energy flow, making some stagnation of chi is another way to think of it. Um, Even creating clutter is a way to think of it. I don't know if trees really have clutter, but human beings get cluttered. We get cluttered in our environments uh, with too many things. We get cluttered in our thoughts and so it can be good to prune away some of those things and make room it can also be nice to prune things to make a path to get from one point to another to a new place or to make something become accessible and I told you at the beginning of this about our Rugosa Rose um, plants we have this beautiful big patch of these Rugosa rose, um, and this plant makes incredible big rose hips that are delicious for tea and very nutritive. They have high vitamin C, um, lots of other um, bioflavonoids, very, very good for you. And so we love these, and we always want to do the best thing for them, but they have gotten really, really tight and overcrowded. So this spring, I looked to them, did the same thing. I went to them, asked their permission, asked what they wanted. And I began to trim, and I went in and trimmed the dead wood. So the pieces that weren't essential anymore, the pieces that weren't living, 
the pieces that had been there so long that they had wilted and died, or pieces that had become damaged, or pieces that had been eaten by some pests. And so I just clipped all of that out first. And then I stopped and I looked and I walked away and I had lunch and I came back and I looked some more because there's no need to hurry when you're pruning. You can take your time and really have a good look at what needs to be cut. And then when I went back after lunch and I looked, I thought, you know, it would help me and help these plants if I could have a path through. I'd be able to see more clearly what's going on in the center of this patch. I'd be able to get in there without harming the plants on the side. And I'd be able to um, get in there without scratching myself so much. And so I found a spot that looked like the right place and I cut this little path through. And I cut a little bit in each direction. So there's a little T kind of in the middle. And this little path that I cut through provided so much. Now I can get in and really open up the center of the plant and I can get through to the other side and that makes some other things easier. And the unexpected thing that came was that along that path now, because this plant is so productive, so robust, it's growing little baby plants. And so that's a really good place for me to dig up some plants and take them to my friends and to, to give them to them for their garden. I love a friendship garden. So many of the plants that I have are either just here naturally or they're things that people gave them to me. And so think about making a friendship garden. Uh, ask all your gardener friends um, and people that have land what they can spare. There's always so much to go around. So to relate these two stories about pruning wild things back to pruning our own wild, sometimes it can be really good when we're feeling unknowing or we're feeling frustrated or we're feeling stagnant or things are just not popping. Things are just not going. They're not growing. They're not coming to fruition the way um, we need them. One of the things we can look at is where's the dead wood? Where are the non-essential things that need to be cut and pruned? Where are the spaces within ourself, within our life that are not um, having enough space, enough space to move, to circulate, to have light and energy. And then we can start cutting those. Maybe it's going into your house, to your surroundings where you're living and working and, and existing and just you know, giving away some things, clearing out that physical clutter. Maybe it's going into the work that you're doing and editing some of that, looking at it and saying, okay, what if this is not essential? Maybe you're writing, maybe it's words that you're pruning. Maybe it's a song. You know, what, what phrases in the song are not really adding to it, not really helping it grow or bogging it down? Boggy is a word that I really like. Boggy is that dense, moist, heavy energy that takes over us when we haven't done enough pruning or we're not moving enough. Those are two big things. Too much of something or too not or not enough of something makes bogginess. So, and then the other thing is, is this idea of creating a path. And sometimes we get so surrounded with, with so much, just like those plants, that we can't see a way through. 
And so that's another place where it can be really nice to prune and to cut and to make some space for a path. And often when we've made that path, we can see more clearly where we are. And we can see through to the other side of something. There's an opening um, that, that we can really take advantage of. And we can walk down that path and get a little further in whatever we're doing, or sometimes a lot further. So think about pathways and what that word means to you um, and what kind of pathways you want to travel in your life and see how you can make room for that. Another place I think about pruning is the, in, within the contents of our mind. This is probably one of our biggest opportunities for pruning and maybe one of the most place, important places that we address um, the deadwood, so to speak, or the overgrowth. And in yoga, we talk about the chitta vrittis, so these uh, fluctuations of our mind that are like ceaseless waves in the ocean of eternal consciousness, always going, always going, more waves, more waves. And because of the nature of our mind being like that, it, it doesn't always have as good a self-cleaning or pruning mechanism as, say, trees do, the forest does, or plants, or some other parts of us. Um, it just kind of keeps going and going and going. But we have lots and lots of tools for pruning our minds in a very compassionate way. And compassion really has to be the starting point. Because all of the thoughts in your mind have a, a reason for existing. And they have a purpose for existing, at least in the moment. And so it's important to give them acknowledgement before we clip them off, before we prune them out. Because if we don't do that, we're not really making a clean cut. We're not really doing something in a compassionate way that is going to support and shape in a, in a good way, make more space and all these things we've been talking about. Instead, then we're going in and hacking or we're, su we're suppressing, we're crushing. And that's never going to work. That's only going to make things grow back stronger and, and really probably in a more ugly shape, not the shape we're intending. So just watching, witnessing, and listening can be really, I think, the most compassionate and the best place to start. That's like me standing back from that tree and really looking at it and talking to it and understanding something about it before I go in and begin sawing off limbs. Um, so when we witness, all we really need to do, and you can, you can do this right now, just as you did before, straighten your spine, let your sit bones rest against the seat beneath you, rise out through the crown of your head, and take a nice deep breath. And just let the normal contents of your mind flow. Don't try to change anything. Don't try to prune anything out. Just breathe and let your mind flow and begin this process of witnessing, of just observing what you're thinking. And you can even take that a step forward, a step further, and connect how the thinking and the feeling 
are moving together. And then after you've been breathing for a while, just see if you can notice one or two thoughts. They may just be popping up here and there, or they may be very insistent, very repetitive, that are not adding, not forming the shape that you want to be in, the shape that you know is your natural habitat to use a term from gardening. Not your natural formation, your shape. And just look at that thought for a moment. Feel how that thought feels when you think it. And then ask, where does this thought come from? Where does it originate from? It can be good to know that. Sometimes the thoughts that hurt us didn't originate in our own mind. They came as part of that shaping from some external source, some external voice. And then with compassion, reach out to that thought and say, thank you for being here. Thank you for being my teacher. I acknowledge you. You've been heard. And now it's time for you to go. And see yourself reaching out literally with your fingers and plucking that thought from your mind and letting it just fly away from your fingertips very lightly like a butterfly, like a little beam of energy just leaving your hands, and let that just dissolve out into the universe. And then with your next breath, find a thought or form a thought that can be the new growth. What is the thought that supports your shape, the shape that you know is your true nature, the shape you want to grow into. And let that thought become present. And then feed that thought. Give it a little bit of fertilizer. Give it a little bit of sunlight and water to grow by saying it again and again. You can say it within your own mind or you can say it out loud. And breathe as you do this and breathe the thought into your body. Let it get down into your cells. We know that our thoughts affect our cells. And often we, we feel that more sometimes with these difficult thoughts than with these encouraging, nutritive thoughts. So give yourself a moment saying that new thought again and again and let it get really deeply into your system on every level, into your body, into your heart. Let it follow and ride the pathway of your breath into the center of your being.
And then when you, you feel like you've really given that thought some time to settle in, you can open your eyes if you've had them closed and just come back into the room. And after you're finished listening to this, you may want to write that thought down, what that new thought is. And you can even write it again and again. That can help to bring that new thought in. So before I close this episode of the podcast, I wanted to get down that big book again, that big dictionary that I love so much. I love it. It takes up my whole lap. One day I hope to have a dictionary that is so big, the ones that have to go on their own stand. They're so heavy you can't even pick them up. I just love it. A book full of words. And I looked up prune um, for us, just as I did with wild. And I loved what I found because there's three definitions here. The first one has to do with um, like creating something so that it won't spoil. So creating um, like, you know, taking a plum and drying it into a prune. So I thought that's very nice. Anything having to do with food is nice and fruit. And then the second one says this. It says to remove dead or living parts from a plant so as to increase fruit or flower production and improve the form, to cut out or get rid of as being unnecessary, to reduce or diminish by removing what is unnecessary, to cut away or remove unnecessary parts. So this is all we've been talking about with this, this careful and compassionate pruning of things. And also um, making the point that this increases our our fruition. This increases our fruiting and blossoming. And that's such an important point. And then the third one was unexpected for me. And this one says, prune to anoint. I thought that's so lovely. So that, you know, this cutting away can be done in such a way that it's actually an anointing for us. It's a blessing. It's, you know, something that really is going to deeply acknowledge our spirit, something very holy. And then it says also to preen or to dress up. And I like this also because it's this idea that, yes, we're taking something away, but we're also creating a new growth and, in a way, um, dressing ourselves up in our original shape by just taking out the non-essential parts and that that allows us to actually move more fully into the shape that we're meant to be, the shape of our soul. So I'll leave you with that and encourage you to do happy and compassionate pruning of yourself, of your creative work, of whatever it may be, your household, anything in your life that you determine um, needs that. And of course your garden or other wild things. And I hope that you enjoyed listening. I hope you'll listen again. And until then, namaste, walk in peace, walk in beauty, and live your wild.